What is up, Little Biscuits and Sun-Dried Tomatoes? We have a new sponsor. That's right. Support for today's episode comes from True Classic. This brand new sponsor has the absolute best-fitting t-shirts a man could buy. Now, finding the right t-shirt with a little bit of a dad bod is incredibly frustrating. Most t-shirts are either too tight around your gut or look way too big and boxy. You're not in high school anymore, and it's time to upgrade. True Classic has helped over 2 million men finally get a better fit and an affordable price. Our listeners get access to the best deal they have to offer. For a limited time only, get 25% off with the code POPCORN at trueclassic.com. Now, almost all men's t-shirts are designed to look good on skinny models with six-packs, but most of us aren't packing anything but a few beers. Fellas, you are wearing the wrong clothes. True Classics t-shirts taper off towards the bottom, but they fit tighter around the chest and shoulders. It's time to highlight your best attributes with a t-shirt you can confidently throw on. Now, a lot of the shirts I wear, they emphasize my muffin top. You know, they get really tight around the gut, and it don't look cute. And that also allows creepy people to be like, ooh, let me squeeze your chichos. And you're like, no, no, you're violating my personal space. I don't like it. I got to go to True Classic. So not only are you going to get a t-shirt designed for the male body, but the first thing you'll notice is how soft it is. Get ready to make a thrift shop run because you won't be able to go back to cheap materials once you try these things. True Classic just doesn't stop at t-shirts as well. They're your one-stop shop for men's essentials. Super easy and simple to fill out your war room. From polos and workout shirts with the same flattering fit to boxer briefs designed with a pouch to keep your bulge nice and comfortable, all of their gear is top-notch quality at reasonable prices. Let's stop beer belly shading with better clothes. Yes, dads, listen up. The ladies listening know exactly what we're talking about, too. Big dudes, small dudes, my dudes, dudes, True Classic has you covered. And it's about time you learn how to dress yourself properly. Upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic. Did 25% off at True Classic with code POPCORN. Free shipping included on purchases over $100. 100% risk-free guarantee with a 30-day return policy. Stay classy with True Classic. Your dad, Bob, will thank you. Medium popcorn, we are two niggas, spoiling movies, yeah, brand new columns, that's me, and Justin Brown for your moving needs, medium popcorn, Woo! you haven't seen it, well we're gonna spoil it, spoil it in your face, that's your warning, uh. so if you get pisses or your What's up, little biscuits and sun-dried tomatoes and mashed mashed potatoes? It's Eddie Collins. Guys, uh, this is Justin Brown, and I'm not going to say that you're any sort of food. Uh, thank you for listening to the show. <laughs> why, would you, why wouldn't they be called food? You know, we call ourselves food, medium popcorn. Like, you know, niggas be gobble gobble. Nah, nigga, that's the name of the show. We are not actually biscuits and mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> We're not buttery popcorn. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I don't have kernels in my ass. I don't know what you're talking about. That would be hilarious if we actually were popcorn, but we just like had these imaginations where we're us as humans. Brandon, what the fuck did you take today? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, what did you take today? I, took, I had to take an edible after I saw this fucking movie, man. I, this movie was so bad, it, it made me question this podcast. 
It made me. Okay, fair. It made me fair. It, I was furious watching this movie. Yeah, I have. I have like enough post-it notes to make it look like that fucking Charlie Day uh, <laughs> gif from There's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, <laughs> and I still can't figure out what the fuck this movie was about. And you know, this movie was all over the place. And it had so many random people. Like, yo, we have Charlie Barnett, who is fucking bananas <laughs> in this film. <laughs> we so start angry. off with this He's nigga. So it seems like in a fucking, um, it, uh, you know, like a, a dystopian universe. Yeah, and the nigga's like got fucking a rollers in his hair, who, which we find out later on is a wig that he's wearing. <laughs> and he looks like a homeless person. And people are chasing them. And he's like, I dropped one of my rollers. Are y'all going to help me find my rollers? And then, like, the guy started looking on the ground. And then he runs and jumps back in his cap and goes speeding up. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? They never explained Please. that, too. What was that? What was that opening? So it seemed like they played some ridiculous game. All the cab drivers played some game. But, like, that game never really came back. No. It looked like they all wanted like, to kill him, too. You know what? It was it, it was it almost seemed like this movie is is like uh, the the writers of waiting. They saw this movie. It's just like, oh yeah, let's take some of the elements from do this, and we actually follow through and just do it better. Like like because like the games like you saw in that movie waiting. Yeah. You, you know the movie we talk about Brian yeah. Reynolds and everything. Yeah, like I felt like some of the elements from that movie were in here. But like it was far better fleshed out, and it actually went somewhere. Mm. Like, like you remember, the, like the the balls uh, game, uh, whatever. Uh-huh. It's just like I felt like that was kind of like that stupid fucking game that they were playing. But they they actually made it a they actually played it out because like that game is just like oh, like okay that could be fun. What the fuck is going on here? But it never comes back. So like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, the movie, I mean, it opens with the most haunting dispatcher voice, which says, is anybody out there? And I was like, why is this opening so intense? And then out of nowhere, it's just like, Mr. T is a text journal. Like, hey, woman. <laughs> like, hey, no, no sucking dick in the back of my car. Get a cab. Get, bro, a, get a job. <laughs> bro, I, like, re- I had to rewatch that scene. I was like, wait, was she, jump- was she giving him a blowjob? And he's like, my car in a hotel. <laughs> And then she's like, I'm just trying to make some bread. He's like, then start a bakery. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> that was minute three. <laughs> you got these muscle-bound guys who are just sitting with their cabs completely blocking the road. And some guys beeping at them. So they turn over the truck. I'm like, what is happening in here? Then you have Bill Maher. <laughs> it's so crazy. Just being Bill Maher in a movie. Oh my god, dude! This movie was so out of control, and like you touched on Charlie Barnett as fucking Tyro, but Tyro is fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he dresses up as he when he quits the taxi company, he's dressed up as Uncle Sam trying to sell souvenirs, and one of his usual passengers, uh, riders, is like, "Yeah," she's like, "She's like, have you seen Tyrone?" And the guy's like, "Oh, he's working for Uncle Sam." She's like, "Last time I saw Tyrone, he was Uncle Sam." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, that movie's out. This movie's insane. It's written and directed by Joel Schumacher. Yes. Wait, hold, hold on. We also got to fucking talk about... Uh, I would have to say the ogre in the room. Why did Gary Busey look like Shrek? <laughs> Gary Busey was so crazy. 
And he and, and Gary Busey dropped some hard end bombs. <laughs> He's like, hey, so if you're you know what you're gonna do is you gotta realize that that the niggers, you know, they're about to take over because all the niggers are jumping or joining the army and, and the service and stuff. So they're gonna take over. So what we wanna be, we wanna be like the honkies. They're like lap dogs, you know? So we wanna get in on the ground level and we be there, there's kind of, you know, the token white boys, that's, that's who I am. That's my job, yeah. Yeah, and he just says wild shit this entire the fucking movie, film. The whole movie, he keeps saying, uh, Oh, it's tough to be a man, baby. It's tough to be a man. And then he says the most sexist things to women. Like, there's that woman uh, who was in this cab. He's like, you have a lovely figure, ma'am. I was like, yeah. when the nigga was doing the ride-alongs because he wants to get into the cab business. I was like, first of all, who, how much of a loser is this kid? <laughs> Can you drive? He's like, my daddy left me $6,000. That's it, nigga? Even in 1982, you poor. You all the oh. niggas are like ten thousand dollars. We gonna be rich. I quit my job. It's like you gonna have two thousand piece. Like, <laughs> what do you think's got? What do you think that's gonna do? Like, where is that gonna take you? But then again, I, so what's the? We have to see the conversion. What was was this night? Excuse me, nineteen eighty three. Correct. Yes. Okay. Uh, let's put worth of six thousand dollars. In 1983, 1983. Let's see it, because I mean, it could be worth a lot more than we we. Yeah. Okay. It that would be about seventeen grand. Okay. I mean, it's not cheap, okay. but that's not life changing money. By no, it's not life changing money. But like you know, so it's it's a good amount of money. It looked like he had to split it between 50 of those niggas. Like, I couldn't tell how many taxi drivers were actually in this thing. Yeah. And also... Yeah, because it, it, it looked like there was a lot more of it. Yeah, because he said eight ways or something like that. I'm like, there's way more than eight drivers in that meeting, at the dinner alone. Oh, yeah. Uh, their little uh, breakfast that they had at that random diner. Who like And they had they shoehorned this ridiculous love, love story. Oh my God. What, what mean, is this? Adam Adam Baldwin and that girl they they look crazy together, and then they had that long scene where they're both smiling at each other. I was just like, "What is? Why is this so bad? Why is this? It's like campy, but in a a lazy way." Mm-hmm. And then don't even get me started on Mr. T, who literally was just Mr. T, and then became a superhero at the end <laughs> when he's jumping off buildings and shit. Ah. <laughs> it's like. I, I got to give something back because he gave me my self-respect and I'm going to give it back to him. Mm, what? <laughs> he literally has a monologue, folks, where he says that. He's like, this little white boy, he gave back my life and my dignity. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then he turns around and he salutes the the the, the, the statue of Lincoln. I'm like, what is the Lincoln Monument? I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? You know what's crazy, folks, is we're talking about Mr. T... Gary Busey, these random niggas as cab drivers in D.C., which we'll talk about the conditions of the cabs and uh, all that stuff in a second. But we haven't even gotten to the point that in the last 25 minutes or so, there's a child abduction story. (laughs) 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 What? 
<laughs> for what? It was so crazy. It was like I for what? They like had two big conflicts. They were like the first conflict is. Are they going to get to split the money that's uh, rewarded because they found this violin? And they didn't even find the violin. That crazy homeless nigga with all the quotes found the violin. Mm-hmm. And, and they didn't give him nothing. But No, they did not. Yo, I mean, when those kids get kidnapped and they beat up the... Well, one the nun is like an undercover person for that hostage group or whatever. And yeah. they kidnap these two kids. And then they, they make a Adam Baldwin's character go with them. And then they frame him. I was just like, this is all kinds of crazy. And then the taxi drivers are like, we got to save them. We got to find these kids and save our friend. What? This this was really one of the fucking the most. When I talk about like the coke fueled 80s, this is what I'm talking about. Like, I feel like sometimes people don't get what I mean when I use that term. But like, this is like the definition of me saying the 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 coke fueled eighties because the, whoever wrote this film was obviously not fucking was was obviously not fucking sober. They had to be on some shit to come up with whatever this fucking movie was supposed to be. I mean, Joe Schumacher, I think, is notorious for doing a lot of cocaine. It was also produced by uh, Goober Peters when uh, I think they were running Sony, and that shit was wild. Um, and they were definitely doing cocaine. But yeah, uh, get, also the, our main character's name is like Albert Hockenberry, which I was like, that's yep. the whitest fucking name I've ever heard in my life. Yep. And then Tyrone keeps calling him honky. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> Tyrone needs this job more than anybody because Tyrone's clearly homeless. <laughs> <laughs> Why do they have all the black people look homeless? I mean, other than Mr. T. Oh, no, Mr. T even know. looks homeless. He looks like a crazy nigga that sleeps in his car with all that spandex. Nah, nigga. Nah, nigga. Mr. T did not look homeless. Mr. T looks like a bunch of things, but Mr. T <laughs> did not look homeless. That motherfucker, he was eating well. <laughs> he was eating well, and he was angry. Mr. T was, was so just a few well. steps away from a murder yeah, he was... at any point. When his niece gets in the car with those old dudes in those big zoot suits or whatever the fuck they were wearing, and then he just... And like... all... <laughs> And all they do is smile. Yeah, it's so creepy. And she's like 14. And this nigga's like 37. <laughs> nigga, you, you be, you're being nice by saying that, that man was 37. That motherfucker was 48 years old. I know, he looks so old. I was just like, what is happening to Mr. T? He's like, mm, I heard all y'all. I was like, wait, is he Mr. T or is he a taxi driver? That's my niece. That's my niece. <laughs> Bro, I mean, this. Movie I feel is, like this whole episode is gonna be us just yelling. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, this this movie has because apparently they allude that a lot of them are vets from Vietnam. Well, no, 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 no. Albert's father was a Vietnam vet, oh, yeah, that's and the cool. guy um, who runs the place he was in Vietnam. He has a flamethrower to prove it, uh, which he uses to light well, the his, fucking uh, fireplace. And then his wife uses later on to threaten all the drivers who are trying to break into her house. Rightfully so, I would fucking shoot that flamethrower at those Neanderthals as well. But even at the at the same time, it's like, oh well, you know, she's um, uh, she she can take that money. Like, no, she can't. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like you can't just be like, oh, oh, uh, this money was given to my husband. 
I'm just going to take it and I'm just going to kick him out of the house and say, fuck that guy. Yeah. You you actually can't do that. Wait, that's what happened? Yes. I thought the husband she, was there with her. No, she went, accepted the prize and just said, you don't live here anymore, motherfucker. It's mine. Because he wanted to give, he wanted to split the money with all of his drivers. Yes. So where was he when the Albert kid was fucking spending money to fix up the DC cab place? No, 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 no. He he was there for all that. Oh. Remember, Albert was using his own six thousand dollars inheritance. <laughs> but but he um, uh, you know, he got that ten thousand dollar reward, which was for the business. And his wife just like, well, I'm just taking this money for me mm-hmm. and fuck him. Like that's not how it works. You yeah. you can't just do that. And everybody's like, well, you know, she's his wife, so he can, she can do that. Like like what like. Which one of you fucking idiots are supposed to be the lawyer here? Because under no circumstances can somebody just be like, oh, this money is in both of their names. I'm just going to take it all. Nobody can say anything to me. And and like I have legal body. This is legally binding. Like, no, it's not. Mm. You can easily get that fucking or at least he'd get half of it. Well, I mean, she's probably big on the fact that he's not very smart and probably wouldn't know to lawyer up. True. Uh, I mean, they none of them are smart. That's the sad part. None, none of these characters are like. They wanted us to assume that Albert is smart. I think just because he's white. Yes, yes, they did. There is because all the black characters were so insane. It was like there's no logical thought happening with either of these black characters. Gary Busey's fucking nuts. Even the guy uh, who owns DC Cab, he doesn't seem all there. So I'm like, oh, so yeah, he's Harold be, Oswald. Yeah, Albert's supposed to be the straight laced white dude that comes and saves everything and helps the business do better. Blah blah blah. blah from blah. the south, from the south. I was like, fuck you, Joe Schumacher. Trying to do some like fucking racial uh, building, and instead you just pissed off a bunch of people. <laughs> it's like. They literally say it's just like, oh, so you come up from the deep south and you think that you're just going to do it. He's like, um, uh, he's just like, no, I come from the I come from uh, the south. We're all brothers. I'm just like, what? What? I'm like, I don't What does this mean? I mean, when I tell you, like, the dialogue is really, really bad, but just some of the. Some of the stories just didn't make any sense. I mean, there was a homeless nigga that lived in a broken cab, and then he would just shout out quotes. He'd be like, don't let your dick run your life. And then, <laughs> what? Now give me 25 cents. <laughs> oh, yeah? He would charge niggas for those quotes? I was like, that's insane. Yo, my man, kept, my man popped out, and he was just like, hey, tonight's not the nicest. Tonight's not the night to commit suicide. It's just like, yeah, I'm not giving you something for that. And rightfully so. <laughs> yeah, it's just this homeless guy who just hangs around uh, the dispatch and shit. Also, people were just showing up at the dispatch, like hot, attractive women and dresses. That made no sense. Yeah. <laughs> they were just getting out of taxis that had no drivers. I'm like, where did she come from? You you is had she, um you had witch? fucking the Spanish dude who was like basically a oh gigolo God. on the side and he and he was trying to fucking uh, pick up rich white women uh, so then they could take care of him. It's like this is not how it goes. This is not. It's like if we're gonna do that, 
give us a Spanish guy who you who you would think that women would actually want to fuck. <laughs> you know, what's so weird is like I have like dozens of post its, and only halfway through does it write. Is that Bill Maher? <laughs> yeah. Would it be? I was like, wait, that can't be Bill Maher, right? Like. Why would that be Bill Barr? And then he just he started having more and more lines. I was just like, what is happening? Yeah, they were just like, ah, oh, this Bill Maher guy. I he feel became, like he's gonna be a star. He became like the Linus of the fucking movie. He was just explaining little details and shit. I'm like, nigga, who are you? Well, I mean, y- you know what Bill Maher was for the, this movie. He was the ex uh, exposition Negro, mm. but he was the exposition white man. Basically, that's that's all he was doing. He was the he was only just, coherent white guy on the besides Adam Paul Baldwin. They're like, he can't know this stuff. So, Bill, you take it because Gary's over here eating a fucking raccoon. <laughs> he's, not, <laughs> he's not gonna be able to get those lines. Down. There's so much protein in here, <laughs> bro. When I saw this, this is 1983, mind you. Remember that movie? We never reviewed it yet, but uh, Rookie of the Year. Yes. Where yeah, Gary yeah. Busey's the love interest for the mom. Mm-hmm. Imagine yeah. being an actress that has to kiss that man. <laughs> and this he really looked like Shrek in this film. He, he looked, really looked like Shrek. <laughs> and then at the end when he's dancing, he looked like fucking Jack Skeleton. It was creepy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> that ending is haunting. They're supposed to be at a parade celebrating. That shit was creepy as fuck, man. Oh my god! There, there's there's so much to unpack uh, from this film, but I didn't even write down that many notes. I'm just like, what is happening here? Then you had fucking um from fucking the Last Dragon, you know, Mister Follow Your Pizza, the Pops Pizza, you know, Papa Green's Pizza. Yeah. He was in here, you know, you know, as one of the owners of the rival fucking um taxi company, the green and like that, that was crazy. <laughs> they had a gang rivalry essentially. And then they started having gold fucking jackets. I was like, I sh- what is going on? Is this how taxi worlds were? Were they like competing like gangs? I mean, it's possible. I, I, I mean, you know what? It, it really could have been it, especially since, you know, Uber had to come in and break that shit up, man. That's my one of my last notes is like, uh, yep, yep. <laughs> my second to last note on all these posts is, too bad they're out of a job now. Yeah. <laughs> they're all fucked. By DC cab. Well, it didn't even sound like they talked about ownership of the cabs, too. They all just work for this dude. They don't have their own medallions and shit. And other well, no, 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 no. about they, working towards that. So I think that uh, in um, DC, it's a little different. So it's like, it's not like a medallion. So they had to get that. Um, the license, uh, right, fuck- for the- for like the airport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had the, the, that hacker yeah. or whatever, you know, uh, license, you know, just to be able to work there and whatnot. So I think that that's their their form of medallion. Mm. Okay. Okay. Nonetheless, I mean, it, it's a terrible operation. The cabs are nasty. They look nasty inside and outside. They don't take care of nothing. All the drivers, if you told me that 95% of their staff are hired felons, for like some like mm. you know back to work prison program, I would completely believe that they all look yes. crazy, especially the twins. <laughs> Whoa, them motherfuckers! <laughs> them motherfuckers look like they double teaming people in the yard, and I don't mean with their fish. 
Bro, I had to look into them. It was like, all right, can't can find out they were bodybuilders. So like, that's how they kind of came to fame, you know, in sense. the 70s, 80s. Uh, but like, I was just like, oh, are these guys, were these guys like professional wrestlers at the time? Mm. And then they parlayed that into an acting career because they were known that they were the barbarians. I was like, oh, I, I don't remember the barbarians being a, a wrestlers. I have heard the barbarians as professional wrestlers. But I was like, these guys don't look familiar. And then, like, like they had movies where they were just known as the. It was called the Barbarians and things like that. So it was like these, like these jacked up twins who were just like a thing, you know, at this time because you know the bigger you were, the fucking more money you could make. And, and, but like, and then you add on twins. It's like, oh my god, it, this movie's fucking wild, bro. Bro, the casting is insane. Yeah, I mean, again, Gary Busey, he literally tells someone, I could suck the white off your teeth. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then they try to resolve all the issues with a fucking beer. When, that, uh, when the one woman who's a mother, she's trying to quit, and then the, the owner's like, hey, let me, let me, let's just go for a drink. Let me just get you a beer. Just get you a beer. I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's get beers and then drive. <laughs> like, yeah. What has happened? I know it's the eighties, but goddamn. <laughs> the guy that turns back, he's like, I'll be back in an hour. It don't take an hour to drink a beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta talk this bitch off the ledge. <laughs> like, say what? Oh, also, uh it was really random seeing some titties. I didn't mind, but like, you know, when that woman like they're dropping off the dancer or whatever. Yeah. And then he and she stiffs them. And then they go in and they barge in to take her money because she didn't pay them, which was fucked up. She should have definitely paid them. Um, and then they take off her her clothes and she butt ass naked running outside. I was like, what? Yeah, that's kind of a crime, isn't it? You know, you, well, you, you know what? You know what? I would have been like, oh, okay, this movie isn't uh, kind to women, but at the same time, she stiffed them on the fair. And then when he comes in, it's like, hey, you owe us this money, and she's like. This guy is trying to touch me, and then the and then the bouncer just immediately just grabs him and throws him outside. I'm just like, at that point, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at that point, steal her money. I don't know why you had to rip off her pants, but well, you that's, know that's what I'm saying. I think it's uh, this movie does have a fucked up message because between her, the wife, and um, and the 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 black mom who's the driver, it makes it seem like women are only focused on money. Hmm. True. You know what it's I mean? True. They're only focused on money and they're willing to throw niggas under the bus to get it. Yeah, they're, they're, they're like women are like, are like the most unsavory characters. Yeah, they'll, they'll like drop, in the city of DC. Yeah, they'll drop you in a second. That's that, that's the impression I got from a lot of those characters. <clears throat> uh, but then again, I also feel like that was the impression that, that you got in most films from the 80s. Like oh, yeah. they really didn't play, they really didn't uh, play up women uh, very well at all. No, and even like I was surprised that there was an f bomb dropped in here. I was like, Joel, you're part of this community, but I guess he's just like, yeah. I'm trying to reflect the times because that's probably how niggas talked in the '80s. Mm-hmm. Which we we grew up, we we grew up, we were we were teenagers. We know that motherfuckers I, talk like this. Well, and yes, I mean, bro, like that that was acceptable way into the fucking like two uh, thousands. So like you know this is <laughs> this is seventeen years before people were just like nah maybe that's not okay and that's at the point where they were just still saying maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, 
Also, the wife telling, getting mad at the husband because they drank all the beer, and she's like, you know I can't sleep unless I have a beer with Johnny Carson. I was like, that's a problem. I was like, yeah. <laughs> this, this, baby, you an alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> this, is a, this is a big issue. He's just like, I'll go out and get you a beer. She's like, I'm not going to go out to the the place, the the all-nighter, when Larry Bue almost got stabbed last week. I was like, what is – I don't care. Which so and you know it was it, it was clear that she was uh, sleeping with, uh, you know the, the the I guess the hack manager or whatever you know the guy who was basically trying to shut them down because oh, you remember in that scene when she came in she, her her um, dress was like pulled down and then she made it you know uh, she made a note oh, to shit. fix it on the way in so she was banging this guy uh, for a while. But then, you know, once she steals the dude's money, she did steals her husband's money. Uh, well, I guess steals their money and kicks him out. Mm. Then she just openly has this guy at the house, you know, you know, banging out. So, yeah, bro, like this, this movie is just fucking cuckoo fucking bananas. <laughs> What's that? She's trying to get murdered. That's something that'll make a nigga go crazy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That is not the way. <laughs> also, okay, there was a dance scene, right, with the cab, the cab drivers, or did I make that up in my head? When they went into the mail review, mm-hmm. and then they got on, the, they basically ran outside. All the women came running out, and then they got on a cab, and then like oh, like yep. five or six women jumped in their car, uh, cars, and then they drove them off places. Which made it seem to me like they were all about to have fucking, um, you know, orgies. I was just like, even Gary Busey's character. <laughs> I mean, even fucking, uh, even our, even our man uh, Tyrone, because Tyrone, he was just sitting there looking like he was just punching himself in the dick. I, I was just like, what is, what is he doing? <laughs> I said, this nigga's just beating his dick through the dance scene. <laughs> He's just punching his throat. <laughs> I, thought Dude, it was so I mean, crazy. like, I thought I was just, I'm so happy you said that because I thought I was crazy. Th- I was like, is this nigga doing my thing? <laughs> That's what like, Afro TV at. <laughs> That's not going to turn I, up. I, I, I get the, you know, the big bodybuilder dudes, the twins. Like I can see those girls leaving the male review and being like, I was like, oh shit, I could go home with that. That checks out. Yeah. But Charlie Barnett and fucking uh Gary Busey, I'm just like <laughs> fucking Shrek and fucking re- reruns crackhead Shrek brother. What are you talking about? <laughs> Together again. It was crazy. That was crazy. Medium popcorn. Fellas. Fantasy football draft season is right around the corner. CD Lamb is good, but have you seen these beautiful balls? It's time for you to get your snake looking right for this draft season with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming have created a championship lineup with their performance package 4.0. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for kickoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code BUTTER20. Now, I know the feeling of trimming the field for some overtime action and knocking a divot right on your 50-yard line. 
Next thing you know, she's throwing yellow flags all over the field. If you want to get through the downrights, you need to get your balls right. That's why you need the Performance Package 4.0. You're going to get the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer in there, which is dope because they even threw on a 4,000K LED light on that sucker. Guys, they're innovators beyond the comprehension of belief. Now, that's not all you're going to get. You're getting the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. You're getting the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. You're getting the Crop Reviver Toner, a Performance Boxer Brief, and a Travel Bag. All of this is going to help reduce nicks, snags, and tugs as you plow through and hit your A-gap. You guys know what I mean. The time is nigh. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BUTTER20 at manscaped.com. Now I'm going to tell you one more time. Manscaped.com, code BUTTER20, get 20% off plus free shipping. What else do you need? This season, I want you to choose Manscaped and inflate your balls with nothing but pride. All right, guys. Catch you out. So, did you know that Charlie Barnett infamously lost his, uh, the spot on SNL to Eddie Murphy? Yes. I didn't know that. Holy shit. Yeah. And a downward spiral. It went a downward spiral. Damn. I mean, but Charlie Barnett, you know, his uh, part of it was his, his drug use. Um, you know, it was really getting out of control. Yes, that's macho over my shoulder. Uh, but also, I, I from what I heard is that uh, Charlie Barnett actually lost his confidence and he didn't think that that they would actually cast him for SNL. So I think he actually didn't show up for his second round fucking uh, uh, like interview for it or like audition. It, there's something about uh, like that. And then fucking ended up there just like, well, this Eddie Murphy kid and then Eddie Mur- it opened the door for Eddie Murphy. Yeah, I mean, I've read that recently. That's interesting. I don't know how true it is, but I read it recently. That's interesting, because I think that was also like around the time when Lauren Michaels wasn't even there. Because he, yes. he was off for a so, few years. Yeah, Lauren Michaels didn't uh, cast Eddie Murphy. Lauren Michaels left. I forgot what was the, the reason that he left. He got fired. Yeah, he got fired by the studio, and then um, he got rehired a few years after Eddie started. So that's why he he kept like trying to reach out to Eddie. It sounded like he, until Eddie came back, he reached out to him like every year to come back. Um because he tried to rectify, you know, because Eddie Murphy got mad at David Spade's joke about him, right? Yes. Yeah. And so I think that that's like he he'd been trying to mend that fence for a long time. And he's like, hey, I didn't, I wasn't part of your bad experience, you know, back in. No, 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 no. The Eddie Murphy thing, the Eddie Murphy thing. Uh, so Lauren Michaels was gone for about like a year and a half. He was gone for longer than that. He was gone for like, like two or three seasons. Uh, no, I, I think, I think it was like a season and a half. That's when Eddie Murphy uh, got in. Mm-hmm. And, but then, like, you know, there's a whole thing. People were just like, I don't think that fucking Lauren Michaels would have even hired Eddie Murphy. Because a lot of people was like, Lauren Michaels is, is like brash black men like that. They don't typically do well, you know, under uh, Lauren Michaels. So, like, it, it, there was that whole thing. The David Spade thing happened in, what, like, 93-ish? Yeah, yeah. Early 90s. And, and then that's and, and then Eddie Murphy's like, fuck them. I ain't, I, you know, like, yeah. you know, well, I ain't never going back. He also had like mixed feelings about like the Greb Piscopal like beef and Joe like, Piscopo. Joe Piscopo, because he always felt like the studio kind of like sided with Joe and shit like that. Like yeah. whenever they had disputes, even though they were mad funny together, it's, it sucks that they didn't get along actually. Um, well, and you know, I, I, I think it's something that, you know, you typically see in uh, those acting circles anyhow. 
is just like, okay, you got this young dude that comes in and he's hot and he's fucking doing everything, you know, you know, everybody's just like, yo, that's the guy. You have the old guard, you know, they fucking, they're, they're fighting against it. There's like, no, he hasn't done his fucking, he, he hasn't paid his dues. I mean, the same thing happened with Tracy Morgan, right? He, like Tracy Morgan was talking about how like, you know, the people who are on SNL who are like, you know, like the stars at the time, they were blocking him out for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's why, like, uh, I, I have a feeling because Pete was popular before he got on SNL. I feel like they, like, you know, Lauren Michael was specifically focused on getting him, like, spotlights. But if he were, like, left to his own devices trying to, like, pitch sketch ideas, I'm sure a lot of it got blocked by the old guard because they're like, this nigga's, like, being told that he's the next big thing. And little did everyone know he would be, like, the next big thing for a fucking Gen Z yeah. crowd and shit. Mm-hmm. But uh, back to DC Cab. Uh, I really don't want to go back to this movie because they even have like a joke, like uh, a really fucked up joke about fucking a little girl. When the green jackets yeah. are like taunting Mr. T to like, and, you know, especially that little girl, we better hope they treat her well. And I was just like, what? It's like, yeah, because the kids got kidnapped and they were, and they were basically saying that uh, Albert, he may be in on the kidnapping is just like, yeah, he's probably fucking basically raping that little girl. I'm just like, bro, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, the 80s, baby. <laughs> the, the 80s. I mean, the 80s were wild just because it's a bunch of cab drivers that are the, able to crack the case because Albert leaves a bunch of weird-ass clues and shit and somehow Tyrone the crackhead is able to figure it out. Because there was a point where Charlie Barnett was essentially playing a, like, he was on crack, right? Nothing he said made sense, and nothing he did make sense. Well, I think uh, part of it. So, like, when <clears throat> when Albert basically calls him out, it's like, "Yo, you're robbing people," and then he's just like, "Oh, you just think I'm some dumb nigga, huh?" Da 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 da. And then he goes into this thing where he's just like, "He's like, yeah, I rob people." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you mean when he robbed the the drunk dude? Yeah. He's like, yeah, I robbed people. People in college, they said this about me and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, it's like, so it, it came to, I think, like he was doing it on purpose to get back at the world. But it was like, that was such a fucking thin, thin-ass fucking storyline for him that really went absolutely nowhere. No, not, nothing went anywhere in this movie. That's why they had to be like, hey, this is really boring now. Let's throw in a child abduction thing. And first of all, I was like, these kids are assholes because when Tyrone would pull up in the car with the the, the, the housemaids, they, the kids would be throwing fucking eggs at him. And some of the eggs, they this motherfucker threw an egg and it cracked in the air. Like, nigga, what are you doing? <laughs> what, are you, what are you holding it like a fucking baseball? <laughs> So like you're just throwing yolk. Yeah. Also, you fucking put you you get egg on your car. You can literally fuck up your fucking car. Oh, it, it'll, it, like does it stain it and stuff? No, no, because the egg. If, so if you take an egg and you put it on the paint, or, or even like bologna, okay. you know, you like you can rip the paint off someone's car with a, a piece of bologna on a hot day. Put it on the car. Basically, that shit will cook and it'll strip the paint. Damn. Yeah, but like there are certain things that you like, especially foods, express you know, with the heat and like DC will can get up to fucking like ninety fucking some odd fucking degrees. Mm-hmm. Believe me, I know 
um, uh, that shit is, um, yeah, the, like, there's a reason why his car looked like a fucking, looked like a homeless person lived in it. <laughs> I mean, they all look like homeless people. I, yes, I didn't did. think any of them. They probably except, stunk. Anyone except, no one except the owner had a place to go home to. They all were living in their cars. <laughs> or, like, around the corner in, like, a shack or something. Like, you know, a la Woody <laughs> Harrelson and fucking uh, Indecent Proposal. Like, they were not living well. <laughs> a la, a la that old looking uh, child in fucking uh, what was it? Not the substitute. What fucking movie was that? Fuck, I can't remember. It, we we watch one of these movies where one of the teachers comes in and saves everybody. One of these white savior oh, movies. Uh, Freedom Riders. Yeah, Freedom Riders. And do you remember that fucking dude who was supposed to be eight, 17 oh, years old yeah, yeah, who looked like he was 48 years old? And he was living in, in that little hole? Yes. <laughs> a la Candyman. <laughs> <laughs> Nigga, he was, was in the shanty. He was in the fucking shanty. Oh, Jesus Christ. That actor really did look so old. I mean, they had the one Asian. I mean, folks, and we, uh, we did a guest appearance on um uh, white people won't save you podcast check yes. it out um and uh, on that episode we talked about how uh, the asian kid who's the main bully on cobra kai was in freedom mm-hmm. riders as a teenage asian kid i'm like this came out 18 years ago <laughs> Why is this nigga what kind of <laughs> what kind of scientology led to this <laughs> he should bro imagine you're almost 40 and you're still playing a high school kid those are fucking crazy genes. But w- isn't that like un- that's illegal on set, right? Like, why is it illegal? Okay, so let's say he's like forty years old, right? Mm-hmm. But he's in a show where people are under eighteen, and maybe yeah. it's like his character's got to be a romantic partner with one of those characters. You know what I mean? It gets a little dicey, doesn't it? Uh, I mean, but at the same time, like, I mean, uh. I don't necessarily think uh, that that's the case, but if you watch Cobra Kai, he is not like really romantically involved with anybody, you know, in a very physical sense. But legally, he's beating up teenagers. <laughs> yes, he is. Listen, you give me a role where I get to beat up some teenagers. That's a role of my lifetime. <laughs> that's what I want to play. And you know, and you know me, Brandon. Give me a role where I get to beat up some kids. <laughs> and I'm living my best life. Yeah. I'm not really excited for season five. I thought the trailer looked kind of corny. I didn't even bother watching. Because I, 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 I thought season four was good. And I, I, I appreciate yeah. that they didn't win. Um, But at the same time, I'm like, where they're going with it? I'm like, hmm. I don't know because I just don't buy like I don't I don't buy that Cobra Kai would be so popular that they could open franchises all through California. Yeah, I feel like this, well, is, if this I, is like an isolated, still in this community Cobra Kai shit. I buy that, but once it starts, I'm gonna expand my empire like gangbusters and become essentially a warlord. <laughs> well, I, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, but at the same time, uh, that dude is fucking mad rich. So, like, he yeah. does have the capital to do it. But even even so, it's just like, why would you want to? Yeah. This is true. 
going back to DC Cab, I did write. Oh, uh, so the kids that are kidnapped, they're an ambassador's kids. Yeah. And then someone calls. They think it's going to be the ransom dude, and it's his mistress. And she's like, "Is yeah. the wife around?" I was just like, "Jesus Christ!" Read the womb, lady. And then, Either okay, you hunk of burning love. Is your wife around? It's not your wife's not around. Is she? I was just like, <laughs> really? And his wife is just like, "Oh, daughter. I'm just like, oh." They really went for the low hanging fruit. It was so bad. And then when they had that little chase scene where they're trying to get, uh, help Albert and like grab him between cars and shit. And the guy's like choking him down. And then uh, Tyrone's like, <laughs> he said, tell me you're wearing your daddy's boots. And I was just like, what? <laughs> and then Tyrone said it again. And that's what Albert kicks the dude with the boots. And I was just like, what? What did they ever talk about his dad's boots? Yep. Nope. <laughs> just like, that's why I did a double take in, my, in this room by myself. Like, daddy's boots? <laughs> yep. Completely out of out of the fucking blue. They had no idea what the fuck that meant. Never, never, never mentioned before that scene. Just things just happened. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm gonna be nice and just assume that 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 landed on the cutting room floor. But either way, it was fucking crazy. Talks about the boots. Hey, Joe. Uh, you know what the fuck. What's the significance about uh, the boots? Oh, we're remembering scene. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Nobody's going to pick up on it anyways. Who's going to watch this? Any- <laughs> 40 years later. Media <laughs> we're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> okay, so they're openly talking about bribing, like, police officers and stuff like that. Yeah, that's just a because the other company does it. So they have no other choice but to. Um, also, uh, Tyrone, when he, uh, when, when, uh, Al- Albert or whatever's do the ride along with all the drivers and he's riding with Tyrone, why did Tyrone do that thing with the train tracks? I had no idea what that was. Yeah. What was that? What was, what was the purpose of that? Almost die. Yeah. I, I was this like, I movie was, was nothing but a collection of scenes and bad scenes. <laughs> These are bad scenes. <laughs> There's nothing but bad scenes and thrown together. Be like, yeah, DC Cab. That sounds about right. Well, that's the thing. Is like the poster, the poster that just has an animated Mr. T holding a broken uh, cab uh, uh, door. door. Never, Which, never happened in no, the movie. Never happened. Even though he does barge through the walls like the Kool Aid Man. <laughs> yes, but even I mean, in the in the fucking um, like in that poster. Mr. T looks like he's fucking Godzilla. Yeah, and then it says at DC Cab, when these guys hit the streets, guess what hits the fan? And I'm like, well, the yeah, because, because they're terrorists. <laughs> they they yeah. were domestic terrorists. They literally chased down a, va- a van and was hitting the van with bats and crowbars <laughs> and ran it off the road through a drive-in movie theater screen. Bro, I was just like, what is this? Yeah. So our uh, researcher, Yuvia, found a few uh, fun facts she thought we would want to share on the show. Uh, Jim Carrey auditioned for the film, but director Joe Schumacher turned them down because he felt Carrey was too talented to be in an ensemble. Uh, the movie was considered controversial when first released as it garnered an R rating in the USA, and Mr. T at the time was very popular among children and young persons. 
Well, yeah, I mean, this because this was was this after Rocky uh, two or three? Uh, it might have been around the same time because Rocky one came out in ninety what? I mean, nineteen no seventy or seventy seven. Yeah, so this Rocky two came out the year before this. So this is um uh this is Mr. T's third movie. Yeah, right. Rocky three was actually his second one. So like yeah, like Mr. T was huge mm-hmm. at this point because he had also done fucking and then like I think what two years after this he's on rest he did WrestleMania. So he was a part of a storyline with Hulk Hogan and all that okay. kind of shit for like two WrestleManias. Like, yeah, like he was he was fucking huge at this time. He got paid so much money just to be, hey, what's on the menu tonight? Pain. Well, uh, OK, so like, so check this shit out. So Mr. T, so uh, he did Rocky in uh, uh, 82, 1982. Also in 1982, he was on an episode of Saturday Night Live. Mm. Uh, then 1983 is when he started doing the 18. Mr. T blew up literally over fucking night. Mm. Like, like Mr. T, like, like literally just came the fuck out of nowhere, and, and then just like took, and just like set the world on fire, and then just faded off really quick. Mm. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he uh, he came, he saw, he conquered. Then he came Good for him. Uh, internationally, this film did uh very well. One of po- it's one of Poland's highest grossest comedies of all time, and won best comedic picture in Turkey. Holy shit! The Turkish people don't know how to laugh anyhow. So. <laughs> Like, the People in Turkey are like, we do know how to laugh. <laughs> hey, you never know. We do have an international audience ever since that hostile episode. I know, I know, because people was just like, how? So how do we get niggas? <laughs> <laughs> how do we get the blacks to come over here? So we and can we, kill them and, and get them the on our menu. Like, oh, the episode we're just like, we ain't coming, and they're like, oh well, <laughs> mission. <laughs> A grand opening, grand close. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, so, Justin, before we get to our ratings of this film, uh, we did get one Patriot thought on DC Cab, and that's from Sean C. He wrote, I was obsessed with Mr. T when I was a kid, so of course I've seen this. I haven't watched that movie in 30-plus years, though. I need to watch <laughs> it as an adult. I don't think you do, Sean. Um, I remember, folks, if you sign up for Patreon, uh, you were guaranteed to get your thoughts and comments read on the podcast when we post pay- for Patriot thoughts for upcoming episodes. Yeah, so sorry. So sorry. Well, I mean, they don't have to watch the movie like you and I do. It's like if yeah. you happen to watch it, you know, share your thoughts. But you and I, we're, we're forced by this. Also, real quick, before we talk about the, the crazy-ass ending real, real fast, um, we don't know who actually chose this movie for our show. No. Because I know it's not me because I had no idea this movie ex- ex- existed. Neither did I. I thought you... Neither I, did I. I could have sworn you probably were like, you you found out about when you were high one night and then added it to the list. No, Brandon. No. No, I never put DC Cab on there. Never. Nigga, this was but, you. No, there's there's only three people that have access to the list. And I don't and think you, you mean who? 
I don't think Yuvia would have changed it. Unless Yuvia is just like, I'm going to make these motherfuckers suffer. <laughs> I bet you they're going to look up what DC Cab is, and they're going to see Mr. T and be like, oh, yeah, we got to do that. And then it's going to be even worse than they imagined. <laughs> I know, Yuvia, call me. Call me if you if you put DC Cab on the list. But I don't think you did, which then means there's some, there's some ghosts of someone who passed away in this movie that wants us to, to review it. Okay. This is his last will and fucking testament. If I had one wish. Did you see that video of Ray J fucking butchering his own song? While holding his baby? Yeah, I saw it. Of course I saw it. He looks fucking... You he sounds about, terrible. Bro, you're talking about a dude that spent 10 minutes bombing at a stand-up comedy show because I couldn't stop talking about Ray J. <laughs> <laughs> I, kept talk, like, I, w- I just started talking about the Ray J Fabulous Hot Night you know, Breakfast Club interview. And I just yes. couldn't. And even though people weren't like, fucking with my material, I, just, I can't stop thinking about this. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, okay, moving on. He's like, Yo, but y- y'all really haven't heard about Ray J? <laughs> He's like, I like niggas. I was just like, I know niggas that like niggas and will fuck that nigga. He said that at the Breakfast Club. It was so crazy. Anyways, um, why was I talking about Ray J? (laughs) Why were we talking about Ray J? I don't know. I don't know. You you just went on a fucking rant. One wish. I said one wish. There we go. Yeah. All right. Back to back to the show, everybody. (laughs) We talked about Daddy's boots. Oh, 90K? What did they get? Oh, 10K. 10K. And they had to split it amongst 30 people from what it looked like at that dinner. Oh, Gary Busey said something about my lucky rubber. That was disgusting. Yes. Yeah. It's like, oh, he goes out here and it's just me, you, a bottle of Hennessy, a bottle of Jack, and my lucky rubber. I'm like, oh. Which is actually part of one of my famous jokes that, that I bombed with. My first bomb, you remember? Where I told that really fucking uh, gross joke about fucking uh, sex toys, that a real sex. That wasn't your first What's bomb. What's that? That wasn't your first bomb. Yes, it was. Oh, okay. No, yeah, it was. No, we had bombed as a group on stage before that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, There's I mean, worst. that is true. That's the thing is like, I feel like, Bombing and stand up, it does suck. But bombing as a sketch comedy group is like just painful because you just like you do a sketch, and if the like first or second joke don't land, then you're just like, oh man, there's like three more minutes of this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But then again, at the same time, it's like you're kind of disconnected. Be like, well, I didn't write it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm on stage thinking, I wrote this. Oh no. <laughs> well, I mean, Brandon. I mean, there was some weird shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. The hits of those stages. There was some weird shit. There was some weird shit. <laughs> I remember that one girl, that British girl, who was going to do her thing, and then she did a, she, she came to rehearsal and never came back. <laughs> <laughs> she was just like, I don't know what's up with this, this shit here. This ain't it. She never came back. Oh, shit. Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, that makes sense. I wasn't but even also, mad about it. I was like, yeah, that, that checks out. But also, you know, the the, the thing was, it, it, and, you know, it's something I knew in the moment, but, like, 
you know, you have to be fair, mm-hmm. you know, to everybody, you know, in, in giving time and stuff like that. Sometimes we were just like, well, this person doesn't have anything, so we're going to give them this, but they weren't necessarily right for a role. Mm. So, like, we weren't necessarily using our talent the right way. <laughs> and we were just like, well, I mean, this person has this, so got to give this person something. It was just like, we needed to be more cutthroat, be like, this, you know, this is like, it just makes more sense to have this person's role, but we weren't doing that. <laughs> yeah, I felt bad. It was like, yeah, there's consistent people in, in sketches for grits. It was, yeah. it was tough. And then also for me, like, as I'm, like, trying to corral fucking cats and get this together, it's also tough for me to be like, oh, like, <laughs> I I shouldn't be in this many sketches, or I need to be, like, it was weird, you know? It was like, like not that I want to be in every sketch, but it was also like, obviously, I want stage time, too. So it was just, it was just, that was tough. Was yeah, tough yeah. But that's a young man's game. Yep. That was a young yep. 20s. I didn't, I didn't care how much time I put into this. But well, I, at the time, I was working like three jobs, so. Yeah, yeah, Remember when you had the energy to do dumb. that? When you had the energy to just work so many jobs, no matter how like late you were and how early you had to get up. Speak for yourself, nigga. You never had to do that. You never had like really. <laughs> no, I no no. I, like I still kind of do that stuff. Oh. You know, like like I, I still run some gigs just because I'm just you know I'm just a money hungry whore. Same, same. <laughs> I gotta get my hustle back, man. LA, I don't know how to make money out here. Yeah, man, baby, I, like got, I, I'm still, I'm still fucking out here hustling. That's why you all gotta sign up for Patreon, Patreon.com. You know, come on, help Brandon keep up the hustle by not having to hustle. <laughs> hustle, 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 hustle. All right, guys, let's rate this fucking movie because I, like, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Why did they have flags um, for the DC cab at the end? Well, why were that? they celebrating these psychopaths? <laughs> oh no, well Do because they, they saved the diplomats' uh, uh, children, so they need a parade. A literal parade, and I think they were given kind of like a key to the city. Yeah, go back to that's what, that's, so I can rate. That's this what show. that was. Let me rate this. Come on, bring it on, bring it on, man. All right, guys, we rate our movies bags of popcorn, small, medium, large, and the XL forty exceptional. If a film doesn't deserve any popcorn, you know we do. We ball it up and then we throw it into a field where it gets covered and laced in dog shit, and we pile piles and piles of dog shit on top of it. So, Brandon, we sat down and we watched a nineteen eighty three film, DC Cap, starring Adam Baldwin, Charlie Barnett, Irene Cara, who was actually the singer of um, uh, Flashdance. Oh, yeah. uh mr t and gary Busey. what's that i just said uh, oh yeah i didn't know that was her yeah what say you sir this came out in 1983 so this gets 1983 piles of dog shit this is one of the worst things i've had to see for this podcast i, I until you were like brandon i really didn't put it on the list i was furious at you <laughs> i because it there were so many scenes where I was just like looking around, like, "Am I high?" Or like, "Did it? Is this really what they did? Is this really what they left on the master copy?" Because just some of the stuff was nonsensical. Like they had the montage of them fixing up the cab station and their cabs and redesigning, and then these niggas are working out together. And I'm like, "Why do I need to see that? That's random." Mm-hmm. How are these people feeding themselves? Anyways, Justin, what's your rating? Uh, this movie, and first of all, it had a budget of $7 million. This made $16 million. I don't know how, 
but there's also 16 million pounds of dog shit. This movie should never have been made. This, this, this is a steaming pile of trash. And uh, everyone in this film, they should be ashamed of this film. Uh, the people who wrote this film, Joe Schumacher, a shame, a shame, well, he's shame dead. for that man. He's dead. So don't shame the dead. Well, I, I mean, listen, he's shaming himself. It, eternal damnation of shame. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's all I got. That's all I got for you. This, this, this was not worth the watch. All right. Cause it made no fucking sense. Well, there you go, everybody. A little biscuits and gravy. Come get the Zadies. Justin, how can people follow you? <laughs> Guys, you can follow me at Jay Brown. Did it on Twitter and Instagram. Brandon. Y'all can follow me at American Collins, AmericanCollins.com. You can follow the show and BDMP podcast and all social media platforms. Also, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can see our beautiful faces when we review movies and also get heads up on future interviews and reviews. And Justin, if you want to support the show financially, what? Can they do my boo and take of you? Guys, you can take yourself over to patreon.com slash medium popcorn. We got $2, $5, $10, $15 packages on there. We have What Am I Watching? The Rant. We have bonus episodes. We have the Zoom party nights. There's so much content on Patreon. And, and on top of all the extra stuff that you get, all of our backlog hits Patreon as well. So if you're looking for one of your favorite episodes, it's lying on Patreon, just waiting for you to listen to it. Uh, but either way, guys, jump on that Patreon. Uh, you can also grab some uh, swag from us at tpublic.com slash medium popcorn, where you get all that wonderful, yummy, uh, deliciousness that you can wear on your dirty body. Yummy, yummy, yummy in your tummy. Mm. There you have it, folks. <laughs> <laughs> we love you. We hold you. And we kissing you on the forehead. And be like, time to go to bed. Time to go to bed. Then Mr. T pops through your wall. He says, uh, stay away from my niece. <laughs> That's like, it. There are no women in here, sir. <laughs> I see your fancy car. Stay away from my niece. <laughs> Why would those niggas just smile? What kind of direction is that? All right. Bye, everybody. Medium popcorn, we are two niggas spoiling movies. Yeah. Brandon Collins, that's me. And Justin Brown for your moving needs. Medium popcorn, Woo. you haven't seen it, well, we're gonna spoil it. Spoil it in your face. That's your warning. Uh. So if you get pisses or you're